This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. Hopefully you're getting off work or getting close to it and uh, and ready to go home and enjoy. I can't wait for uh, finals game three now going back to Boston. Uh, That'll be an exciting matchup tonight if you're into uh, softball. The first game of the softball College World Series uh, championship series, I should say, between Oklahoma and Texas. What's better than that? A little rivalry in the College World Series uh, for the softball championship there. And it's very weird. I don't know whether that's a – I mean, again, that's that's right now a Big 12 matchup. Feels really SEC-like, but I guess that won't be the case until around 2025. Um, but either way, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird that Texas is the underdog. Texas is the team that nobody necessarily saw getting here. Oklahoma's been the dominant team all year long. Um, so uh, that'll be kind of fun to see. Uh, for what it's worth, I am uh, speaking um, and, and, and continuing to speak because Strick has left the building. Strick is, uh, uh, has some travel plans. Uh, he should be able to call in here um, fairly soon uh, to, to rejoin me and, and get our normal on-the-block um, chemistry going. So we'll see if that happens here in a second. In the meantime, let's break down some special teams. Of course, Nebraska football uh, has a, a, a myriad of problems that they hope they patch together this offseason. And uh, while Brian Buschini has gotten the look, we saw him in, in the spring game, and I don't know if they were booze or Bush. Uh, you know, kind of. I kind of like the idea of anybody's name really uh, if he hits a good one to kind of you know boo Buschini, um, but uh, only in honor of his name there. Uh, but so he kind of got a lot of the uh, the attention. Timmy Bleakrode, the transfer from Foreman, the place kicker, um, is expected to be the answer there for Nebraska in their kicking woes as of late. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was interesting to kind of run down some of these programs and what they've done uh, as far as kicking it from distance. Because as we all know, the, the hashtag college kickers kind of gets thrown out there from time to time um, if the, anybody misses an easy one. But it is quite impressive um, to hit one from from deep, from 40 yards and beyond. So I've broke down the numbers um, for the Big Ten and where Nebraska ranks in those during the Frost tenure. Um, and it's not very good, <laughs> as you would expect. I just wanted to see, is Nebraska alone? Is there Are there other teams that are struggling with this? Because, you know, Nebraska for the longest time uh, kind of got – yeah, you know, you would feel like they were kind of spoiled. They, you know, from the the Chris Brown, the Josh Brown days, um, into the Alex Henry and, and Brett Maher's, and, and plenty of guys in, in between that were pretty solid. Even Sandro DeAngelis, yeah, uh, Jordan Congdon going back there a little bit. But I mean, even you know, pretty solid Pat Smith. You know, the names just kind of keep going. Uh, and when you combine that with the punters that were making the NFL, of course, Sam Cook um, just recently uh, retiring. He replaced Kyle Larson when he was at Nebraska. 
Um, was kind of a, a kicker, you know, kicker you, punter you, special teams you for a while, and it just has not been that case uh, for quite some time, maybe toward the end of uh, the Riley era. I remember Drew Brown was here. He was a solid kicker. Um, and then, of course, Connor Culp won the uh, Big Ten Kicker of the Year a few years ago and then very much struggled last season. Um, interestingly enough, when I went back and, and looked at the numbers there, and, and, and kind of remembered it, but uh, didn't see what it was exactly there, is that Connor Cole hit a lot of uh, field goals under 40 yards the year that he won Big Ten Kicker of the Year, of course, 2020. Um, I don't think he probably should have won it. He was 13 of 15, uh, I believe, from uh, altogether, and uh, missed two inside 40. Uh, Keith Duncan over there at Iowa, who I know we don't like Keith Duncan. He blew the kiss to Nebraska fans after um, submitting a loss a few years ago. I think that was in 2020, in fact. Um, so I understand the, the, dis, the disdain for him, but it, even still, he was like 14 of 18 uh, and uh, included some, you know, several long-distance shots. Um, so I think that sometimes we kind of get lost in that kicker of the year discussion too when we talk about special teams and where the blame falls on it's kind of interesting I was talking to um to Nate about it the other day on the ticket water cooler and it's it's I would just say that it's got, you know, you just can just kind of throw that blanket, that award of Big Ten Kicker of the Year on there. Um, but uh, it, and it was solid. I mean, I don't want to take away from it. I'm just not sure if that was as deserving as, it, as, as, as he got it, I, I suppose. Uh, but in any case, he struggled last year. Now Nebraska, again, is going to turn to Timmy Bleakroad. Um, but if you're as, if you're kind of wondering, and, and I'm getting, getting really into the uh, to the weeds there with the field goal kicking, because I love it for what it's worth. Um, I, I've always been a long-distance guy. I love watching deep threes uh, in basketball. I'm really interested, and in, 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 in maybe it's just because of how bad I am at kicking a football um, and how bad most of us, I suppose, are at kicking a football. But I'm amazed at uh, at 50 yard field goals. I think it's one of the the craziest things. And I know that a lot of people don't don't like it or don't want it to factor into football. You know, you can argue all the skill position players and the and the and the defensive and offensive linemen. You know battling and, and ramming their heads into each other all day long. And then it comes down to just some guy who doesn't even, uh, you know, run too much during practice to, to kick a field goal. So I can understand uh, the frustration there, but I always love field goal kicking. And, and it really does, and it has had an impact on Nebraska football over the last several years um, to the point where they, you know, it, it's hard um, to have too much confidence. And they've had red zone struggles, um, but they just haven't had the, the feel like they could – hit a long-distance shot. Um, so here it is. The, the Big Ten field goals over 40 yards since 2018, for what it's worth, um, if you're familiar with uh, kind of the math there, is that's getting to the 23-yard line. If you get to the 23-yard line, you get stalled there, pretty close to the red zone, obviously. Um, there's the 10 yards extra that is is the end zone, and then about 7 yards um, for where you, where you set the ball down and actually kick it. So the 40 yards um, is the, the bare minimum would be the 23-yard line. And if you run through it, there are, there are teams that have absolutely made their money there. And the team that I'm talking about uh, primarily is Iowa. The The contrast between Iowa and Nebraska, just in field goal kicking over 40 yards, could be a, a, you know, a big part of why there's such a gap between them in the win column, though we don't see it on the field every year. So Iowa, in the last four years, was 38 of 48. Uh, for 79, that's a 79% percentage, 114 total points in those four years off those field goals. 
that's number one in the Big Ten for what it's worth, and not surprising. Iowa always, you know, does a, a good job of making uh, a lot of field goals because honestly, they don't have a great offense. So a lot of times, just to get to field goal range and rely on their defense. So maybe not surprising. Uh, but in any case, on the contrary, Nebraska six of fourteen. Again, that's compared to number one, Iowa, 38 of 48, number one in the Big Ten. They were number two last year at one time, but uh, no one wants to hear number one, Iowa again, so I'm sorry to say that. Uh, but number one in the Big Ten over the last four years with field goals over 40 yards. Um, they've just attempted 48. That's how much they have confidence in their kickers to, to Nebraska's 14 attempted. Nevertheless, they hit 79% of them. Nebraska's hit 43% of, uh, percent of those shots. Um, 114 points total for Iowa, 18 for Nebraska. And when you think about the fact that Nebraska, um, much, much publicized five and 20 in one score games, including zero and eight last year. Um, you know, some of those come down to field goals and field position, uh, and, and having the confidence to go out there and knock one in, and knock one in, um, Kirk Ferentz on the opposite of that the last four years, um, you know, usually kind of think about try to be, you know, 500 in one score games, uh, 11 and nine. So right on path for that. Um, so I, I'm just fascinated uh, by it. Uh, Nate will bring you in here as well as uh, – I haven't heard from Strick yet. We'll see if he calls in in the next few minutes. Uh, but we have uh, Nate, my producer here, and, of course, co-host on the Ticket Water Cooler. Um, I know, you know, maybe this is uh, some really football nerd stuff, and I don't know how much you're into field goal kicking. <laughs> but you have to admit – over four years, the difference of 114 points to 18 points in field goals over 40 yards. That's a big that's a big discrepancy. And that's why I always go back to, you know, when we have this argument, I know you um, don't feel like, like Scott Frost should take on too much of the blame for last year's field goal problems. That's why I say it's 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 not just last year. It's been his whole tenure here. And I was winning in winning games because of the special teams unit. Nebraska is I mean, our hope is just to not notice it because it's been bad the last several years. Listen, say what you will. Also, thank you for having me back, Buck. I had to do some podcasting. I had to oh, make yeah. sure that we get uh, some of the logistics uh, done behind the scenes. Here, Here's my issue with, with blaming Scott Frost on the, the special team situation. I Holistically, I would say he, he should take the brunt of the blame. Field goal kicking is not one of them. Because your issue was when he started out in Nebraska, I think it was, what, 2019, maybe 2020? 2018, yeah. He went through how many kickers? Six? 2019, he had 20, six that, different that was, kickers, yeah. Okay, so you ask him to fix up the, the field goal situation, however you want to interpret f- fixing up the field goal situation. Connor Colt was the field goal kicker, of the, like Big Ten field goal, or Big Ten kicker of the year. Which, again, I know you might have a, a, a different opinion. You might think he wasn't deserving of that. But at the end of the day, he, he was, one field goal he over was 40 voted, yards. but he was voted the kicker of the year in the Big Ten. Scott Frost can't look into a magic eight ball and anticipate that he's just going to forget how to kick a field goal. Like last year, when you send him out there for 30, 35 yarders, I don't know, Bach, you might have the specific details of how he was from 30 or 35. I'm not entirely sure. But, I mean, it was it was abysmal. And I don't know how you could possibly blame that on Scott Frost because we reached the situation that you have to let him kick it because, like you said, those points are valuable, especially when you look at Nebraska's season last year. 
how many of those field goals, if they had gone in, we would have a different outcome. And yes, you can maybe blame Adrian Martinez for his lack of red zone success. You can blame the team in general for the lack of red zone success. That probably goes into it. Some of those drives should have resulted in touchdowns. Uh, for what it's I worth, the, the red zone um, struggles, a lot of it has to do with not coming out with any points on it. So it was the missed field goals that hurt more so than not punching the ball in the end zone. That being said, there was a very much a lack of even targeting Austin Allen um, in right. the red zone and just rely in, in believing in Adrian Martinez and throughout his career and never going under red center, zone, you know, passing, passing for a touchdown down there, which is, it is more difficult. There's less space, um, but that's where, you know, you want your quarterback to right. shine. And there's, there's obviously issues that if you get to the 20 yard line and you can't trust your kicker to kick a field goal, that's a serious issue. Right. But I don't know how we can blame Scott Frost on that because whether right, wrong, or indifferent, Connor Colt was your Big Ten kicker of the year the year before. So it's fair to assume that, hey, maybe he'll make some field goals the following year. Turns out that wasn't the case, and it was an absolute nightmare when the field goal unit came out on the field. But I'm not blaming Scott Frost for that. You can't. Well, and Connor Culp's interesting altogether just because in, in 2020, like I said, went 13 of 15, just one of one over 40 yards. So I guess when you're looking into it and, you know, that's what I would look into a lot more than, hey, somebody gave him an award um, is, you know, kind of the numbers and, and to see how he kind of played out. And that makes you feel better. I mean, he was he was pretty solid from, you know, within 40 yards. Um, and so that would help him win the award. Interestingly enough, and I wonder how much it had to play into it, he actually was pretty good from deep last year. And, and when I say pretty good, he hit a few of them. He was two for five. Not not great, but over 40 yards and including um, over 50 yards once uh, or maybe even twice. Twice. Look at twice yeah. I'm looking up the numbers right now. So in total, he was six for 12. Didn't take a field goal between one and 19 yards. That makes sense. Usually at that point, you're going forward if you're right. on the goal line. Between 20 and 29, three for four. You shouldn't ever be missing a 20 to 29 yarder if you're a Division One football player. Here's the issue: is between 30 and 39 yards, he was one for four. Yeah, and that's the thing is we talked about it off air, Bach. If you're kicking a 30 yard field goal, that means that you are at the 13 yard line. So if you're between the 13 and the 23 yard line. That's kind of no man's land. A lot of us are saying, okay, depending on the yardage, you're probably going to kick a field goal. You can't even trust him to kick a field goal at that point. And when you do send him out there, he's one for four. Like, that. that is so much of the issues that you look back to last season that it was kind of the perfect storm because whether you want to blame Frost, Adrian Martinez, whatever it may be, you also got to throw special teams in there too. And when you're one for four from 30 for 39, I mean, I was a perfect example. Your 30, 30 to 39-yard field goal, boom. Already chalk up three points on the board. You don't even have to sweat it. Nebraska doesn't have that luxury. And it shows up on the scoreboard, and it shows up in the win-loss column. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to totally – I mean, I, am, I did the stats going back to, to Frost's tenure because I think that that's uh, what's interesting, obviously. Um, there's no reason to go beyond that. Um, I'm not completely placing the blame on Frost, but it, I mean, I, what I am trying to show is that there was more of a problem with special teams um, in the three years prior. I mean, it, it, it took it took four years of bad special teams to get to the point that you want to hire a special teams coordinator. And I just think that it's been so overlooked and so silly. And we were yelling about it. I mean, and it doesn't it, it's kind of funny how you argue about it, because whether or not you have a special teams coordinator, we've seen with Bruce Reed in the past, he was an awful special teams coordinator for Mike <laughs> Riley. 
and they paid him a lot of money for it. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be great, right. but it, it, it does show that you identify that there's there's a problem there and that special teams matters. It's like it's it's big. It's important. It is important. It's a third of the game, and I know that it's not as heavy as, as offense or defense, eh. but it's pretty darn close, and I feel like it's just been – Overlooked. I mean, these are often you're talking about special teams, especially field goal kicking. That's directly points we're talking yeah, about right there. You're right. Punting is completely changing the field. The fact that they can't do anything in the kickoff or punt returns, um, you know, that that's significantly putting a strain on their offense. And again, you just you just look at the other side of it and 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 how I was getting all these wins and have done so well in the last five years. They've got nearly a hundred more points than you on field goals longer than forty yards. That that speaks volumes not to just how successful they were, but the the lack of pressure that that puts on the offense to say, hey, we all we have to do is kind of get to the 30, 35 yard line. And we got a point. We got a shot at this. Nebraska's got to get to the darn near the red zone to even feel comfortable kicking and a three. And even then, you don't. Even the, you don't feel comfortable. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, so that's. It, and, and, I, and it's been a few years that it's happened, and it just it just can't happen again. And, and we'll see if Timmy Bleakroad uh, can kind of come in and save Nebraska on these. But it, it's a big deal when you talk about these one-score games, finishing 5-20 and 20 in them, and just how they, they kind of play out. Um, there needs to be a, a attention to the special teams, not just to, to get to average, but to be that Beamer ball, to be the, you know, Kansas state yes. in the past. I mean, there's Love teams it. that, that made so, uh, made out so well on special teams. And I was one of those that, that does that, um, in the big 10 in general, a lot it, it's there for what it's worth. Um, I was just one example. There's uh, there's plenty others, um, in the league. I was the, it's the greatest example of it. Illinois surprisingly in the last four years had a pretty solid kicking game. So they got 75 points on uh, 60 on 25 field goals beyond 40. There are other teams that struggle to, Nebraska, like I said, six of fourteen. Um, that's that's last as far as total points, tied with Purdue, who is a six of twelve uh, from field goals beyond forty. Um, both teams only getting eighteen points. Maryland, Wisconsin, only getting twenty-one points, seven field goals uh, beyond forty. The last few years, uh, last four years, I should say, Rutgers had nine, Northwestern had ten. But you know, there there are several teams. Penn State with twenty of them. Indiana twenty-two. You, you compare that to your your six. It's just a completely it's a completely different change in the game and how you approach it and ultimately, you know, a big deal in these one score games. Um and and there is a tendency just to, to kind of overlook it. And I don't know it's I I've heard it before is that um there's a belief that Frost just doesn't didn't care about special teams. I thought that his offense was so good that he wouldn't have to think uh, so much about special teams. And I don't know if that's the case, it's hard to believe anybody that involved with yeah, football would yeah. just go, yeah, man, special teams, we'll see. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, I was so interested to see what they were going to do with that hire. And they hired Bill Bush um, from inside the building, and he's had plenty of success in the past with this. Um, but I just feel a little bit weary that he was on staff, not special teams coordinator, um, but kind of behind the scenes last year. And I just thought if there's – if there's some way to, to, to overhaul or fix this special teams, I don't know if it's in the building or, or there's just like whoever's in charge or, or you know, whoever was, was kind of um, – it's not even just in charge of special teams. It's, it, you know, it's it's Coach Frost, right, because he's ultimately in charge. Mm -hmm. 
was just not going to hear it. And so I, I think I, I thought I found that hire to be a little bit odd altogether, though. I am. I'm hopeful. I like what they like what they've done in the transfer portal, adding those guys. I just hope that it's enough. And, 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 and we'll see, because when we talk about these, these one score games and how they've all um, kind of turned on Nebraska the last several years, it could come down to this. You're talking about bowl games. You're talking about, you know, that, that thin line between being five and seven and seven and five and where the future of the program goes. Is it going to include Scott Frost? It could come down to special teams this year. Um, and certainly, you know, you have to think, and he said himself, two to three games last year, uh, special teams cost him. It, it's not just, you know, right now I'm focusing on field goal kicks and, you know, deep field goal kicks, but it's punt block, it's extra point blocking, it's uh, kick returning and, and punt returning where you're, you're just fair catching because the alternative is yeah. you might fumble instead of hey Don't we might fumble. break it yeah. like you want to you want to you want to put fear into the other team kicking the ball not like have them punt and go hey here's our chance to get the ball forty yards downfield <laughs> well here here's the thing that I'll say about this also Dusty makes a good point we were to the point that if we were in plus territory last year we should have just went for it on fourth and fifteen or less. Honestly, yeah, and that that's part of the issue is that you lost complete and total faith in the kicking unit, but. This is the the thing I'll say about that, Bach, is you, it takes a while to build a brand of special teams where you're legitimately winning games on special teams. Right. I think more than anything, this year, Nebraska needs to get to the point where they're not losing off of it. Like, take winning, take the Beamer ball aside, the Kansas State, whatever special teams unit you want to look at that historically has been great and legitimately won you football games. Let's just reach the point that we're not losing games. If you take Nebraska's season last year alone – and say, okay, we're just not going to lose off special team. Not we're going to make an insane play. We're not going to block a punt. We're not going to win a special. We're not going to get a special teams touchdown, a kick return, punt return, whatever have you. We're just not going to lose on special team. We're not going to miss field goals that we should make. We're not going to kick to the wrong side of the field against Michigan State for a return six. You're sitting at at least six and six a bowl game, and that's the thing is I think there's obviously going to be an emphasis on special teams this year. But you don't even have to be great. Yeah. You just have to not lose off of it. The unfortunate part, and again, maybe as to why you're asking why I'm not buying in as much this year, is this is what we heard all going into last year. Oh, yeah, special teams was emphasized this year. And they didn't have a special teams coordinator. That's the difference between this year and last year. Um, but at the same time, again, I don't know how much that means as a part, you know, from – because, I mean, that that's really getting to the thick of it, too, because you only ha can have so many coaches, so whatever you want to label them. Like, for instance, Nebraska right now, their defensive line coach, Mike Dawson, I, I still don't think that he's labeled defensive line coach on the Husker <laughs> website. And it's like, yeah, he's still a linebacker's coach. We don't need to – he obviously – we told everybody he works on the defensive line. Right. Um, so, you know, there are things that – and that, you know, that is probably – they made – instead of, you know, finding a dedicated defensive line coach to – take over that job and allow two linebacker coaches still with Mike Dawson taking the outside and, uh, and Barrett Rue taking the inside linebackers. So, it, you know, it, it's, 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 but the point is it's just kind of trivial, you know, th those names, there's somebody going to be running the special teams unit, call them the special teams coordinator if you want to, or whatever. Um, but I, I just hope that you, you know, that they're, that, that's not overlooked there with Bill Bush's job is, you know, that maybe he puts a lot more time, double, triple, whatever it is whatever it has that Mike be. Dawson yeah. did, because it's not a it's not a problem of lining him up. And that's what they were always saying is it's the special team. It's the specialist. You know, we're lining them up right and, and and getting these things ready to go. I would rarely see a kickoff return, though. Where the where the guy's not met, I mean, a broken tackle on the kickoff return unit. 
and, and the first guy's always hitting them right at, you know, near the, you know, before right. or inside the 20 yard line. Yes, there is the, 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 you know, the player has to make a play. Eventually somebody has got to break a tackle. Um, and the kickers have to kick the field goals and the punters have to punt it straight. And I, I get all that. Um, but again, it, it just, it adds up over the years. And so when they're, emphasizing it this year with the special teams coordinator, I hope that's not just lip service. I hope that that's right. like, hey, we're, we're we're putting in, I don't care what it is, nine hours a day, pick your whole work day, look up special teams, look at different <laughs> ways that people are doing different things, really dive into your players' skill sets, um, you know, find a good blend. You know, there's this argument, do you want to put mostly veterans on there and, and guys that are ready to roll? Do you want to put walk-ons on there so your, your, your starters don't get tired? Do you want to put your most athletic players out there, most of your starters? Whatever it is, find that blend to make that work this year as, it, you know, it's it, it, it just can't be an absolute blunder again this year. Um, because I think when we talk about final records and we talk about what's it going to take for Scott Frost to keep his job more than anything, it's going to take improvement. It's going to take like a lot of it's the eye test of like what has been holding Nebraska back. Um, and are they making strides in those areas or are they winning more games because the ball went their way a few more times against an easier schedule. And so they're seven and five instead of three and nine last year. I don't. Th- that's not what I want to determine. I want to say, hey, the special teams. I've seen significant strides made. The offensive line, um, as far as pass protection, man, that that's a lot better. Um, penalties, timely penalties. You know, just uh, undisciplined ball. You know, significantly cut down. That's what I'll start believing in Scott Frost um, more so than any record that he achieves this season. Yeah, it depends on what that record is. Also, Dusty makes a good point, which I've never really thought about it this way. In a sense, maybe was it good for Nebraska to go three and nine? Because he says, say we went six and six last year, which was what I brought up. Just a couple field goals go your way, maybe a few special teams blunders like against Michigan State. Don't even get me started. That's always the example that I use well, of how Nebraska's season just if you want to look at one game and define Nebraska's season, it's gotta be the Michigan State oh, game, yeah. right? Because then and I always bring this up. The second half, you didn't give up a first down. Legitimate, you win an entire half of Division One, Power Five, Big Ten football against a team that went to a New Year's Six Bowl, had the Doak Walker did, Award winner in the back, and didn't give up a first down. Amazing, and you lose. And the thing is, if it's one thing, if you didn't score, they were leading in the second half, and you didn't give up a first down. Good. Lord, but he said, sorry, I had to go off on a little rant right there for a second. Say we went six and six last year. Would we have the coaches that we have now? Um, That's an interesting question. I am going to say no. I think there would have been changes on the coaching staff, but I'm not sure to the extent of what you made them. And I don't even know where I'm going with that. But like Mark Whipple's a big get. And that's a huge yeah. move in the offseason. Like, to get a guy like Mark Whipple, listen, I'll bring it up every single day if I have to. He turned Kenny Pickett into a first-round pick. And I'm not saying he's going to do that for Casey Thompson. And I'm not going to say that Nebraska's offense is going to be the best in the Big Ten like Pitts was one of the best in the ACC. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that he's proven with a somewhat unproven quarterback that he can be successful. He can go to a New Year's Six Bowl. He can develop a first-round quarterback. He has proven that on the field. And I don't know if you're if you're searching for a guy like that to legitimately 
restructure the offense is what we're all assuming. Again, we're going to have to see it play out on the field. We're going to assume it's going to restructure the offense. Right. I don't know if you make a move like that if you're 6-6. Six and six. I don't know if you do either, which is it is fascinating to say. Is that, is that better or worse? Because, um, you know, I think that last year if they would have made a bowl game and especially the way that they played against everybody and, you know, get some of those point. big wins to turn around, I don't think you'd want to touch it. I think you'd say, hey, this is yeah. a success and it's yeah. moving forward. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of sad. That, that 500 true, has I mean, become right. the you're successful right. point and the successful the schedule they had. They had I mean, yeah. yeah. But I think it is kind of that way, too, this year. And I know there are a lot of fans that want, you know, more than that. But it's – I don't know. It, it's going to be difficult for me to uh, say that it's time to move off of Frost once he has his best season. I think that's kind of – And that's going to be difficult. That's why 6-6 six and six is so interesting. Texter says, I was the best example. What a meltdown. Yeah. The and only the thing about Iowa that was the worst look is that you put in Logan Smothers and he basically had the same outcome. So right. we we did this show blame Adrian all, thing. like like listen and I understand the blame Adrian thing and maybe there's more merit with starting Logan Smothers, but at the end of the day, he still had the same outcome. Yeah, and that's what was so frustrating. You throw out a freshman on the biggest game of basically the season up to that point. Like, listen, once the season was done, quote-unquote, you can look at whatever week you want to consider the season done. You're looking at that Iowa game. Okay, let's at least get that off of our chest. Let's finally beat Iowa. We're at home. We're favored. The first team in the history of college football to be favored at 3-8 and eight versus an 8-3 and three team. They're ranked at the time. Sell out at Memorial Stadium. Let's at least win that game. And then you completely collapse partially due to the special teams, partially due to Logan Smothers having late turnover, whatever you want to blame it. But Iowa's a good example, but I still look at that Michigan State game, man. Like, that yeah. that the was – The singular play. That hurt. Like, the thing about the hurt. Iowa game that really hurt, though, too, and sometimes, again, I'll say this, Frost does not do himself favors in the post game, Like, sometimes in the press conference, sometimes it's like – that's more of a you thought. Don't don't tell everybody that. Um, was basically that he said that he felt like the game was over, or like the sideline kind of felt like the game was over once bl- Iowa blocked that punt. You can't and, do that. As a fan, I'll be honest. As a with fan, you, it we felt did the same too. way. Oh yeah, uh, when Iowa was up, because I was at the Haymarket for this game, so there were a bunch of Iowa fans obviously there, and they were like, "Okay, like this game basically over. Like let's start training, let's have a good time." And I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, "Listen, I've seen this before. This game is not over." Lo and behold, I no, I thought at the end of the day Nebraska was still going to win. I'll be entirely honest with you. I I thought I would make a comeback. They'd make it interesting at the end. Nebraska would come out the win. You're a big Logan Smothers guy. No, I'm a huge Logan Smothers guy. <laughs> yeah. That game listen, I think it is ridiculous to pin that game on Logan Smothers. Look, for oh, for a freshman to be thrown into that position and play as well as he did, listen, he did everything up until that fourth quarter when obviously things took a complete and total turn. The momentum changed on both sides of the football. Logan Smothers put you in a position to win. And he's not the starter. It's his first legitimate look in a college football game. 90,000 fans in the stadium that's a lot of pressure for a kid playing his first college football game. And he played well in the first three quarters, and he put you in a position to win. That game is not on Logan's Smothers. Yeah. I just always go back to speaking of special teams. My favorite moment of that game is mid-third quarter. Kirk Ferentz down three possessions, 20 points. <laughs> he took a field goal. Kicks the field goal. He took a field goal. <laughs> to narrow it down to three possessions. <laughs> Still 17 points. That was honestly 
what when it happened stud. too, that was funny. That was funny, it and was it worked funny. out in his favor. Oh and it was just God. like that's the worst part. I couldn't even. I if I was an Iowa fan, I would mad. be irate at the time <laughs> when he did that. But gosh, he's playing Kirk, chess, he knows. Yeah, yeah he's, he's playing chess. He's a few moves ahead. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the block. We'll, we'll get in contact with Strick. He wants to do hitting the hardwood, getting into game three tonight. Uh, also, some other interesting uh, storylines here in the NBA. So we'll get to that next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.